good in the country. Um, and they can struggle a bit on offense, so it's going to be a I mean, bit of a rock These fight. are two teams that could potentially be in the tournament. Yes, absolutely. In the NCAA tournament, because from what yeah. I understand, Northwestern's doing pretty well this year as well. Yeah, they, they've had a tremendous year so far. And it's and like I said, it's been their defense that's really led them to this point. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be first to 55 wins. It's going to be – it's it's mm-hmm. not going to be a pretty game. It's, the, it's one of those games, you know – Steve Peichel always loves to say, you know, I, my favorite kind of game is like a meat grinder game where it's like you have to fight for every basket, and it's 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 going to be. I I lo- I love those too. Oh honestly. yeah, those, it's, those it, are some really fun basketball games. It's it's just they're they're ugly, gritty yeah. wins. You got to play really tough. You got to like fight for every inch on the court. Yeah, for any team, for any fans of aesthetically pleasing basketball, you might want to sh- you might want to close your eyes <laughs> yeah, at this yeah, game. You might you might want to go watch some Big East or ACC basketball instead. Yeah, go ahead. You're not going to find that here. <laughs> go ahead and watch Marquette UConn. Actually, that game's going to be over by the time Rutgers tips off. Um yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be that, a tough that game. That game's probably going to be good though. Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a tremendous game, I bet. Two <laughs> top 15 teams, the Big East going at it. That'll be a Hugely fun. I, I have no idea how the game got on Wait, CBS is, is Sports Market Network. ranked this year? Yeah, they're in the top 15 oh. right now. I have no idea how the game oh, got so put annoying. on like, CBS Sports Network because usually the Big East is on like Fox or yeah, FS1. Yeah, no, th- th- that is really weird because usually it's FS1 that's what I like to call the Big East Network. Yeah, exactly. Unofficially. But, yeah. Um, but no, this year, this year they've been doing a lot on CBS Sports Network, which, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. Um, Even a lot of Big Ten games are on FS1, I've noticed, like in the last week. You yeah, know, I think it was like Indiana and someone else. Yeah, Indiana-Iowa was on FS1 last week. Yeah, that's, You know that's what, what I think I it is? I think it's because the Big Ten in recent years has just become so much better overall, the conference, than the Big East. The Big East used to be a lot better, especially you know, when Villanova's good. Obviously, they're not good now. But now, really, the like the best team is is UConn. Like Creighton, Providence still hang around, but they're not they're – not, it's not full of powerhouse schools like it used to be. So yeah, you want to talk about Villanova struggling? They lost to DePaul last night for the first time in 22 games. That's wild. I don't want to talk about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it should be a great game. Or I, I don't know about great, but it's there's going to be a game played tonight <laughs> out in Welsh Ryan Arena, and of course we'll have coverage of that uh, tonight on WRCUFM. Eddie Kalegi and Alex Carminati are out in Evanston for that game. That's a so. good, uh, that's, a good, that's a good call. Of course. Yeah. So class, be sure to two tune class in. Acts. Of course. Of course. <laughs> be sure to tune into that. Uh, yeah. Tonight is probably going to resemble more of like an NBA game than a, than a collegiate game just because of the, the volume of scoring. I, I would argue not, I would argue it's, it's even like more just gritty than that because the NBA games tend to be pretty high scoring. Well, especially this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> lack of defense, yeah. league wide. You know what's really? It's really weird to see in both the NFL and the NBA just kind of a lack of good defense. Yeah, just really bad defense. Yeah, I overall. think it's. I think the doubling down on offense is going for everything because, like, we see, like, I don't know. I'm old school. I like. I think. I think low scoring anything is better. Like low scoring basketball is absolutely like you know a lot of fun to watch. I I would say. I will say. I would like to see uh, less less defense, much more offense in baseball. I think that'd be more exciting because. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what they say? Chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way this man just said that. <laughs> Plowing ahead, uh, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Northwestern is an is an incredibly hot team right now. They are seven and one in their last eight games. Uh, all these scores: 53 53-54, 73-60. Uh, coming off of a, a very tight win against Indiana uh, from Sunday, 84-83. Everyone's beating Indiana these days. They're terrible, including their own fans. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that's right. That's right. We saw those uh, the players on, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. What happened? Barstool Indiana posted a meme. It's like a triangle with an Indiana logo in between, <laughs> in, in the middle of it, and it said like, "I get my ho- I, I, I'll see if I can find the uh, like the actual it, post." It's, it's, it's an Indiana cycle of pain and yeah. suffering. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The players were not pleased. Yeah. No, they started uh, getting into it with some of the fans that were like commenting and all that, and, and I really do feel for them because it's like, you know, this is your job, and you get like. You know, you get kind of dumped on whenever things don't go well, and it's really, it's really tough to block all of that out, especially being our age, college students. Right, right? It's, it, like, it's true, and you mentioned that, and I wanted to bring that up because it's different when you're a professional in the league and you get paid to do this and you yeah. get paid to put up with all the criticism, all the people writing about you. But when you're just in college, you're still trying to figure out your way in the world, yeah. especially, in right. basketball, especially in basketball. You don't even know if you're going to make the league. 
you don't even know if you're gonna play in Europe somewhere or, yeah. or play in China. You, you, for a lot of people, this is their biggest stage for basketball, and it's gotta be tough for a lot of them to see that kind of criticism all the time, and it's just gotta be frustrating. Like they're just trying to play the game they love, man. Yeah, I, but, I, 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 I uh, mean, it's 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 what you it's what you got to put up with. Yeah, at, it's, even at this level of sport. I, I think it was Dennis Rodman who said during the last dance. He said, "You know, I'll play basketball for free. I get paid to deal with all this other s- stuff." It, I, I don't think he said stuff though. But well, yeah, that's that's the, like the well, it, it we're, makes we're sense. We're paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, I, I found the meme. It was it was a triangle with like arrows pointing in the same direction with like an Indiana logo in the middle. And at the top, it's like I get my hopes up, and then on the side, it's I get disappointed, and then on the other side, it's I start to believe again. And <laughs> some of the Indiana players kind of took exception I feel, to that. I feel Sounds like, like Mets fandom. Well, yeah. I feel like every fan base can say they have that cycle with their team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I've seen that in the Knicks fan base. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about, Max. Yeah, <laughs> and it. When, it, when it comes to, especially in home games, when it comes to the Garden, like, if you're going 0 for 10, you're going to get booed at. But if you shoot 10 straight, they're going to love you again. We're yeah. very bipolar when it comes to, <laughs> like, as fans, we're very bipolar when it comes to stuff like that, when it comes to how our team is performing. Right. And in terms of Indiana, like, well, I can't really speak for them because, um, you know, who's your daddy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I, I owns them and everything. <laughs> but it's just unfortunate. I still laugh at it, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I. the thing with Indiana is, you know, they, they're a historically great program. Um, they've won a bunch of national championships under under Bob Knight and all that. So they like expect they, they they have an expectation for greatness and the past I don't know how many years or uh, I, I I don't even know they 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 haven't had that extended run of success in a while um, such as losing to Rutgers over and over right who's your da- who's your daddy yeah exactly um, who's your daddy yeah exactly thank you very much Dennis um, <laughs> so yeah it, it, when like the expectations are raised but the results haven't been there for a little bit it kind of creates a weird dynamic. You know, I, I I feel for the Indiana players. I don't really feel so much for their fan base, if I'm being perfectly honest, because, you know, I mean, I, I feel like all fan bases are kind of obnoxious. I'm not going to pinpoint just them. You know, we've talked about this on the show before, but, you know, I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah. it's it's just one of those things. It's like, it's got to be rough. It's got to be rough because you're dealing with all that and you got to deal with your studies, your exams, whatever, yeah. your, your, yeah. your class. It's like out of all the stuff college kids are going through and like, I could, I'm going back to what you said, Jake. Like, you know, when you're at the highest level, like in the big four league, league of sports, you're making tens of millions of dollars, maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars. You have a, you, you're in a great apartment. You got a wife and a dog, and like, you know, everything's great. And like, <laughs> just the dog. Who cares? Like on social media, it's like, oh, this guy's a bum. It's like, yeah, but like, who cares? I'm making so, this much money, but like, uh, collegiate athletes. They're our age. They're trying to. They're going through everything we're going through. Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's, that's like an, another thing to deal with. That that's the thing, right? You know, we as fans of screw that, man. We as fans of the professional sports, we can say that those pros are bums, but they can be like, "You're sitting on your couch, not getting paid millions of dollars." Yeah, exactly. Who's, who's laughing? Who's the bum here? Yeah. In college, we can say you're a bum, and it hurts a little bit more because. You know, if I bulked up a little bit and put on five inches, I could probably play college basketball instead <laughs> of the guys as a walk-on. You know, even he, even here at a D1 school. You know, and I mean, there's the, the possibility, at least at Rutgers, like you can call, I don't even know, uh, let's just say somebody calls like Paul McKay a bum. You might see him on the, uh, the, double, the, the double E bus tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, like not just, saying Paul McKay's a bum. Paul, no, you're no, a class no. act. Yeah. No, no, no. He, yeah, he, 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 like we have is, classes with these guys. Yeah, exactly. Paul, I had a class with Cliff Amore last semester. Paul, yeah. Paul okay, he's definitely not a bum. No, he has he's been a... playing like his butt's on fire yeah. for the past several weeks now. He's been great. Yeah, I think, I, I think... He had well, that one game against Maryland he didn't miss. Yeah, yeah, six for six. That was that was an awesome he game. don't miss. Yeah. Um, he kind of struggled against Iowa, but I think Iowa had a pretty good game plan on how to defend Rutgers. Yeah. Um, and I think what they... I, I guess to shift it back to regular basketball talk, I think what they need to do is to get back to that... Paul Mulcahy, Cliff Amore, pick and roll, downhill action towards the basket. That w- that's worked so well for them, especially when Paul Mulcahy gets really hot like he did last February, like he has been the last few games. Um, I think they need to get into that action, and Northwestern's a tough defensive team, so they're not going to give it easy. Um, but I think they need to be aggressive, and I think Paul Mulcahy needs to be aggressive and hunt for his shot um, because this offense seems to run so much better when he has the ball in his hands and, and he's aggressive with it. 
you first, John. I was gonna ask. I was uh, just gonna ask you, uh, like, what you know, what does Rutgers have to do uh, for their oh. offensive attack for tonight against North- Northwestern? What do you think they should do to minimize Northwest- Northwestern's approach? Uh, well, not 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 to not to change subjects there, but we do have some NFL news that's just breaking oh. right now. Oh, no. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, from Ian Rappaport tweeting: The Jets and offensive coordinator Mike Lafleur are mutually parting ways. Ah. Hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Hmm. So the Jets will have a new offensive coordinator next season, which I think many Jets fans want. Probably wanted and should and, and expected, um, <laughs> as you heard, as you just heard Max's reaction. What's going through your head, Max? Um, I'm okay with it in all honesty, because the, our biggest problem was the offensive side of the ball. Defense, we we're arguably top five in the league, the New York Jets. But a lot of the issues with the offensive side, well, all right, there's two issues I really want to point out. It was the offensive line, and a lot of that had to do with Mekhi Becton being hurt most of the time. And then on top of that, of course, our quarterback situation, which everybody knows of. So um, what I know right now, teams, there's there's about four teams looking at Lamar Jackson, and the Jets are one of them. The Jets are also looking at Derek Carr. I don't know how to feel about any of these. So it's kind of like iffy right now, but I, I, I'm perfectly okay with um, getting rid of Matt LaFleur. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, um, a good friend of mine uh, in one of the group chats I'm in just put a screenshot of uh, of Sean Gleason in the in a group chat I'm in. So, you know, Sean Gleason for Jets offensive coordinator? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not even Jets fan. I hate that idea. <laughs> so, a- a- anyways, that was just a quick aside for some breaking news that just happened. I feel I feel like I feel like Sean Gleason as the Jets offensive coordinator would be about as effective as Pat Shermer as the Giants head coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not very much at all. Um. So, anyways, back to Rutgers basketball. Um. I think they're gonna have to. Uh, Northwestern is not a great offensive team. Um, they definitely hang their head on the defensive end, much like Rutgers. Um, both teams are in the top, I believe, 20 in Ken Palm's defensive efficiency, but also outside the top 100 in offensive efficiency. Um, and I, I would like to give a shout-out to uh, Danny Breslauer on Twitter, who is, who is a big Rutgers basketball guy, ho- hosts the Twitter spaces whenever he can after games, gives keys before the game. So I'm, I'm going to list off his, uh, his, his five keys. Very much credit to Danny, if you're listening. I believe he's a WRCU alum, at least you know, Rutgers alum. Uh, don't turn the ball over. Uh, obviously, two of the most efficient defenses in the country. Um, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, Danny also said he's not sold on the Wildcats. Um, he said it's the same team with the seven-footer who plays less than 20% of possessions added to it. Are they defending the rim? Yes. Number six block percentage, number two three-point defense. Driving kick, Northwestern can't defend it, never could. That's something that Rutgers needs to get back on track on is the driving kick game, especially with, you know, you stick Andre Hyde in the corner and his, like, screwball three-pointer um, from the corner. You know, that that needs to be efficient tonight. And obviously, you know, Cam Spencer and other guys that can shoot um, – and then number three, uh, Northwestern is one of the bottom 30, t- 30 shooting teams in the nation. And, you know, they're somehow almost in first place in the Big Ten. Um, and, yeah, like Danny said, it's definitely remarkable. And for Rutgers, it's simple. Force Northwestern into ISO positions that make guards get downhill, which makes sense because Rutgers is an amazing defensive team like we've seen all year. Um, some of their individual defenders like Mawad Mag, like Caleb McConnell, have had excellent years. Paul Mulcahy, he's turned into a fantastic team defender. Um, so, yeah, make sure, make sure you force uh, Northwestern into isolation po- isolation possessions with their guards. Um, Chase Audige can get sloppy at times, Danny said, and Boo Booey is, you know, not one of the bigger guys on the team and can get frustrated uh, and block everything. That's something that Cliff Amore has been really good at uh, is blocking shots, um, so make sure you do that. Uh, number four, rebound and run. Um, Northwestern takes a ton of threes, and they really don't turn it all, turn it over all that much. Um you wanna you wanna get into transition quickly so you can get some easy baskets and set up good offensive possessions. Um, Rutgers kind of has a bit of a reputation; they want to slow it down and grind it out, and that's that's definitely uh, that's definitely you know what what their reputation is on defense. But I feel like the Rutgers offense is more f- effective when they're running in transition and finding open guys, uh, you know, in the lane and all that. Um, and then number five, no easy buckets for Matthew Nicholson. Um, they're big. That's replaced. Uh, that's replaced Pete Nance, who transferred to North Carolina. So yeah, no easy buckets down low. Uh, that's going to be a big job for Cliff Amore and maybe Antoine Wolfolk and Dean Reber and whoever else rotates in. Um, so again, those were Danny Breslauer on Twitter. Make sure to follow him and tune into his spaces and like and retweet his five keys and all that. We love you, Danny, here at WRSU. Um, anyways, if he's listening, yeah. Uh, so that 
that that was a pretty good indicator of what we're going to see tonight from Rutgers and Northwestern. Um, yeah, I, I I would agree, Alec, with everything that Danny said. Also, shout out to Danny. I don't know. I didn't know he went to Rutgers. Um, yeah, I mean, Rutgers has been playing pretty well the past few weeks. I mean, the outside of the the loss in Iowa. Um, I think they just keep doing, you know, the, the, like it was it was refreshing to see they only had 12 turnovers uh, against Iowa, which has been a big problem for both teams, both the men's and the women's teams. Um, so it shows, like, I think they have the, okay, this, this might be a hot take, but I think they have the talent. Rutgers has the talent to to beat everyone, to beat to basically win out. I don't think I don't think they will, but I think they, they at least have the talent to. They at least have the talent to, and then just, it's just a matter of. Sticking to sticking to your band of basketball. Yeah, I, I definitely think they have the potential to win out, at least through the month of January. Um, after tonight, they play at home on Sunday against Ohio State. Then they travel uh, to Michigan State. That's go- Especially a Michigan State team that's really, really good this year. They knocked off Wisconsin last night on the road at the Kohl Center. Um, especially going on the road to Michigan State. You know, Breslin Center is zone. That's never easy. Um and then they play at home against Penn State, and Penn State's a much improved team this year. Jalen Pickett probably should be higher up on some of the leaderboards in terms of Big Ten Player of the Year and even National Player of the Year. Uh, and then they close out January by traveling to Carver Hawkeye to take on Iowa once again. Uh, I think I definitely think they have the talent to win out through January. I said before the uh, I said before Sunday's game against Iowa, I said I would be satisfied if they go four and two to close out the month of January. Uh, they're zero and run. Uh, they're zero and one since then. Um, so. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. Go but yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I definitely think they can because or you know, yeah, oh yeah, a Northwestern tonight winnable game, um, and then Ohio State. I mean, you got the revenge factor. Hopefully, there's no like emotional letdown leading into that game, especially based on how the results of tonight go. But they do also have an, uh, you know a bit of an extra day to uh, day to recover because usually the Big Ten goes like you know Wednesday into Saturday, but instead they're playing on Sunday. Uh, two two fifteen, excuse me, tip off, and then you know I think they can stick with Michigan State. Um, it's going to be tough, especially on the road, like I said. Um, but I think they have the talent to stick with them, and I think they have the personnel. Um, Penn State's going to be a really interesting matchup because, like I said, they have Jalen Pickett, who's really, really, really good. Um, and you know they were one of the better defensive teams in the Big Ten last year. And Micah Shrewsbury, I believe, is an offensive coach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, they they were actually they actually played strong with Purdue at the Palestra on Sunday, um, but Purdue ended up winning out in that game. Uh, and then Iowa, I mean, it's it's tough with Iowa because they look they they're very hot and cold. They're a very volatile team. Uh, one day, like I said, you know they'll they'll look like world beaters, uh, like they did against Indiana and Rutgers, and then you know they'll lose to Eastern Illinois. So it's 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 very tough to get a read on Iowa, especially this year when after Chris Murray, it's kind of like a who's who of like guys that can step in and be a go-to guy for them. So I think they have the talent to go to win out in this month. I'm not necessarily expecting it, but they definitely have the talent to do so. Mm. What are your thoughts, Jake? Honestly, I I I don't really have many. Th- Many more thoughts. I, th- I think Alec really covered everything. I think you are correct, Max. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts before we, before we send it to break? Uh, no, not really. Just one thing I pointed out is that some of the early March Madness bracket predictions just came out, and I want to Ooh. acknowledge that Rutgers is ranked number seven, and there, if it, if March Madness, if the tournament were to start today, we'd actually be playing Duke in the first round. So I, I would love that. That would be really cool. That would be amazing. But I just want to acknowledge that the uh, the Dylan Harper uh, the Dylan Harper off. <laughs> For real. Well, the win the winner gets Dylan Harper, which you know what that means. <laughs> that would be that would be lovely to win. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're gonna take a quick break. And on the other side of this break, we are going to do locks of the week. And listen to the Wednesday crew here on WRSU 88.7 FM or WRSU.org. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wednesday crew. So, gentlemen, this is Locks of the Week. We, sh- we would give gambling advice and... Uh, depending that you on, should de- not take. Depending on the week, you should either take it or just not listen to it at all. This, uh, this week I'm saying take it, at least on my part. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with Max this time. Max, do you have a, do you have a lock? Yeah, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm not going to use any point spread or anything. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to kind of do like a double type thing. So, obviously, Rutgers is playing Northwestern tonight. And um, I have a 
prediction, not maybe a Mark Messier guarantee of some sort. So it's not really that big um, <laughs> in all honesty. I'm going to predict that, well, I'm going to lock it in that Cliff Amori is going to have a 15 and 10 game. And just for a little bit of spice, I'll say he goes perfect from the free throw line. Wow. Ooh, I like Whoa. it. Amori, he's, he's definitely looked much improved from the foul line in the past few games. But, uh, yeah, he's he's going to have a tough task because Ma- Matthew Nicholson taking over for, P- for Pete Nance, like I said, he's, he's a big guy. He's seven foot. So I, I like the prediction. That's a good lock. All right. All righty. Jake, I'll go next. I'll go next. Um, So here's the thing. Here's the thing. We got the NFL playoffs this weekend, right? You know, these are – this is – this in a season that has already been unpredictable. The NFL playoffs are easily the most unpredictable of all sporting occasions. Yeah. Other than maybe March Madness. That said, I've never felt more confident about this pick. (laughs) So that's why I'm going to say that I'm going to guarantee, like Mark Messier, guaranteed in 1994, shout out Alex Carminati over there in Chicago, Illinois, going to be calling the Rutgers game with our own Eddie Colleggi later tonight. Shout out Alex Carminati. I'm going to guarantee, like Mark Messier, guaranteed in 1994, I'm going to guarantee that... The Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Miami Dolphins in the first round of the NFL playoffs. I would they're not love just, that. They're not just going to beat them. They're going to beat them by double digits. They're going to whoop them. Oh, my. I, like that. I now, love that. Now, here, yeah. now, here's the reason. Here's the reason. Sure. There's a reasoning behind this because normally I wouldn't be saying this. I mean, these two teams have played close games against each other. They've been, it's been a tight rivalry all year. Here's the problem, though. Tua Tagovailoa out for yet another week. With a head injury, with a concussion, he has not cleared protocol, which was expected. This is, what, his third concussion this season? Tact- I, I, I'm not entirely sure because the public would probably say he said three, but I think according to the Dolphins, it's two, so I'm not entirely well, sure. Because well, regardless I think they, of what the Dolphins yeah, say. Yeah, I think, I think they've maintained that <laughs> what happened on that Thursday night game uh, was a back injury. I could be wrong. I, Regard- I think that's what they said. Regardless of what the Dolphins say, yeah. this is another concussion for him this season. So, expected he does not clear protocol. Teddy Bridgewater still not available to play, so probably. So, it's likely going to be Skylar Thompson, the third-string quarterback, starting for the Miami Dolphins. Now, Skylar Thompson, he's not terrible, but he doesn't really get it done. And I just want to remind you guys, six Years ago, we saw a backup, a third-string quarterback going to the wild-card round. I think you might remember this. Connor Cook was thrown into the fire against the Houston Texans in the wild-card game, and he stunk it up. I've, I, I've not seen Connor Cook since. If anybody ha- if anybody knows of Connor <laughs> Cook's whereabouts. Please call WRSU uh, 732-92-800 for his whereabouts. If, if anybody knows of Connor Cook's whereabouts, I, I would be very Putting him on milk cartons. to know what that man is up to this, these days because it is certainly not football at the professional level. That man got smoked by the Texans' number one ranked defense. In the wild card game, and, I mean, he was a rookie. You can't blame him for that. I'm not. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not. I'm not trying to jab at him. I'm just. I'm just saying. You know. I mean, what a way to start and end your career, right? That. Oh my god. Yeah. Because like, I'm sure. Like during before that game, he's like, oh my goodness, this is this is it? it, it it's his first career start in the NFL. In a playoff game. In, Do in, or die. In a playoff game against the number one ranked defense in the league, and it's your last career start because we've not seen him since. Got, man's got crucified. He he really did, and I, I, I mean, I think I, I expect Skylar Thompson to do a little bit better, but it's generally not good for third-string quarterbacks when they have to go out there and be the guy. You know, backup quarterbacks, we've seen it happen, miracle runs. We've seen it happen yeah. multiple times. You know, if you were around back in the 1990s, you saw Jeff Hostetler take the Giants to the Super Bowl. Obviously, just five years ago, we don't talk about what happened. Um, but, you know, I mean, so that's happened. But third-string quarterbacks, no, that's a bad situation. So, yeah, I'm locking it in. Mark Messier, guarantee, Bills are winning this game by double digits. I uh, I did a quick Google search. Uh, Connor Cook now works in uh, commercial real estate. Oh, um, nice. Good for him. Yeah. Good gig. Good for yeah. him. 
He will never not make money. Yeah. Hey, yeah. there you go. There you go. He's getting pretty. He's getting paid pretty well considering he's a guy who played in one NFL game. Yeah. He was also in the uh, XFL and he was PJ Walker's backup before before they got axed in 2020. Mm. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't say axed. I would say uh, pandemic. They, 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 it, co- what 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 we call it in my house? COVID casualty. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I like I like pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, know, COVID casualty is not bad. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a good one. Um, yeah, so that's okay. So your lock is uh, ten plus win, ten plus point win for the Buffalo Bills. I would love that. I I'm fully on board with that because this Dolphins team has struggled without Tua Tagovailoa. I guess I will go next. Um, I'm sticking to the college basketball world. Uh, if our listeners would remember last week when I bet on Providence to cover and beat, or I don't, I think I, I think my exact wording was I don't know if they're going to beat them but they will cover against UConn and what do you know they beat UConn by double digits actually that was impressive showing by the uh, by the Friars but anyways on to tonight um I have let's see the, the matchup I am choosing there's, there's a there's a very good slate of matchups tonight um I'm going to settle on a top 15 matchup. Also, I have to correct myself. Marquette's actually ranked 25th, not 15th. That's uh that's my bad. Anyways, uh Alabama playing against Arkansas, the 4th ranked uh, Christmas, Crimson Tide versus the 15th ranked Razorbacks. Are really off, that good this year? They, uh, Alabama's been excellent this year. Um, Arkansas coming off a loss in their last game. Uh, who did they lose to in their last game? It was it was a it was not a good game for them at least. Uh, they lost to let's see who did they play? Ah, they oh no they beat last game at the or no that was Alabama. Excuse me, I'm all over the place. I'm sorry guys. Um, they lost to Auburn last game out. Anyways. Um, they are they're kind of struggling right now. Um, they are dealing with some injuries. Probably the most important one, Nick Smith, their lottery pick guard, has been out for a while. Uh, they also lost one of their other guards to a torn ACL back in December. So they're kind of hit by the injury bug right now. Um, but they're playing host to the Crimson Tide, the fourth-ranked Crimson Tide. Um, it's going to be a raucous environment in Bud Walton Arena, as it always is. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, the spread on this game is Arkansas one and a half, um, but I think. Arkansas is a little bit too beaten up. Uh, I'm predicting a win for Alabama tonight. Uh, that's my lock of the night. Um, yeah, I think Alabama is playing really well right now. Obviously, they're ranked 14th in the country. That's, you know, yeah. Uh, they're playing really well. Um, let's see. Some of their better. Uh, let's see. Brandon Miller, the freshman forward, has been one of the best players in the SEC. Uh, the spread's one and a half in favor of Arkansas. But I think Alabama is going to win. That's my lock of the week. Alabama takes down Arkansas at the Bud Walton Arena. I like it. Uh, for my lock, I'm gonna go. I always stick to what I know because that's what you gotta do for gambling. I need gambling advice. I'm gonna pick. Uh, there's not a lot of great hockey matchups tonight, uh, this this week. I'm gonna pick the Calgary Flames and the St. Louis Blues, two teams on the cusps of playoff contention. Uh, Jacob Markstrom for the Flames has really fallen off. His save percentage is now below 900, uh, which is not great. On the other side of the ice, Spinnington's also not having a great year. So you're having so like like this like like uh, this Rutgers Northwestern basketball game. It's gonna be a messy game. This is gonna be a messy hockey game, gentlemen. Uh, you're gonna see this is gonna be a high-scoring game. Pavel Buchnevich, Rangers legend, has an eight points through the last five games. Um, the Blues aren't favored for some reason because like the Flames are just are not playing great hockey right now. Uh, the Flames are favored, but I'm gonna pick the Blues money line plus one thirty six. Uh, that's just an easy no-brainer. You got to pick the Blues. I'm gonna pivot back to what to to Jake's lock, which is the Bills the Bills winning double digits against the Dolphins. Is that your lock? Yep, that was my lock. My Mark Messier guarantee. Your Mark Messier guarantee. <laughs> and two is out. Two is out again for yeah, a concussion. He's out again. It still has not cleared concussion protocol. He was put into concussion protocol after that game against Green Bay on Christmas Day. Uh. Is that his third concussion of the year? That we were we were talking not officially. I don't well. I don't remember. Did the NFL come out with a statement to say that he did in fact suffer a concussion against that in that first game against Buffalo? I I don't know. I haven't really kept up on it a whole lot. I, I um yeah. I, I haven't really been keeping up a whole lot on regardless, it. Regardless, I I think it was agreed. They 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 put in the new policy that you know symptoms like you know disrupted balance. Will be put will be caused to be put put the player in the concussion protocol, which he should have been. He was not during that week two game, um, and and granted, you know, loss of balance can happen for plenty of reasons. That was a very hot day for football, for and 
you know, I mean, heat, you know, symptoms of heat stroke or whatever. That 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 loss of balance can happen for a lot of reasons. So I don't want to speculate on something that I can't say for sure. But I I do know that we have reason to believe this is definitely at least his second concussion of the year. And generally, when that hap- when a, when a player has multiple concussions in a season the the second time they go the second time they go into protocol it's going to be for a longer amount of time because they want to make sure you know not just that there's no neurological damage but they don't want to damage the player's brain further in in such a short amount of time because it's just dangerous you can't do it i don't care if it's a playoff game or not you cannot risk a player's entire not just career but livelihood really you know, over one one game that you don't even know if you're gonna win. Yeah. To be honest, you know the Dolphins have a good thing building here. If if they get it right next year, they'll be back in the playoffs. So don't don't wreck your chances with Tua. Don't wreck his livelihood over one game that you're not even favored in anyway because it's in Buffalo. Oh, forget about it. Yeah, and two is not the only injury that the Dolphins have that they're dealing with right now. Um, in practice today, there were there were a f- more than a few starters ruled out. Uh, their left tackle Teron Armstead he's dealing with a litany of injuries. He, he's, he's in practice been, today. He's been banged up all year. Toe, pec, knee, and hip injuries. I guess. What? <laughs> I saw. Oh man. He, yeah. Did like, he fall off a bus? I, what, I, I don't. What do you do? I think it's just. I mean, I think it's just the tough, like the tough world of being an offensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah. No. Oh, this, yeah. This, I mean, you don't normally see a laundry list. That long on an injury report, but <laughs> yeah. I have to imagine the, that most offensive linemen by this point in the season are dealing with something soreness all yeah. across the body. This is nothing new. And the tweet that I'm looking at right now with the uh, injury report is someone responded with Armstead's injuries look like a pronunciation guy because it said <laughs> toe hyphen peck hyphen knee hyphen hip. That's great. <laughs> oh man, we're having nursery rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then their other tackle, Brandon Shell, dealing with knee and ankle injuries, didn't practice today. Their left guard, Liam Eichenberg, hand oh, injury, didn't wait, practice is that today. Three offensive linemen, you just named? Uh, that is three offensive linemen. Oh man! Um, and then Bradley Chubb, recently acquired from Denver, didn't practice today due to ankle and hand injuries. Boy, yeah. And then their running back, Raheem Mostert, uh, also oh. didn't practice today because he broke his thumb. Oh. Um, oh, thumb. He's running yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, Mike McDaniel said... Wrap that thing up and get him back in again. Mike McDaniel (laughs) said it's a serious injury, but he's not going to rule him out just yet, so uh, we'll see. Yeah, he's a running back. You can't rule a running back out with a thumb injury. Yeah, we'll we'll see Just don't throw the ball to him. He'll be be fine. Just pass to him. (laughs) Okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just hand it off. He'll be okay, but... But, uh... Yeah, no, I mean, three three offensive linemen down for the Dolphins against a really tough Bills defense. It's it's not looking good for uh, young Skylar Thompson back there. I'll tell you what. Um, I mean, that's not the only NFL playoff game going on right now, but you know what? I think we should take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about the NFL postseason. I know, Alec, you and I definitely want to talk about the NFL postseason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side of this break, we're talking with NFL postseason. Listen to the Wednesday crew here on WRSU 88.7 FM or WRSU.org. Oh, it's good. Mm. It is. Oh, very. Yeah. See what I mean? Brandy Alexander, they call it. Yum, yum. You're going to try this delicious concoction. What is it? Brandy Alexander. Uh, Brandy Alexander. Yes, I'll have the Brandy Alexander, please. Yes, I think. You're absolutely right about that Brandy thing. We, Alexander. About it making me feel good. Brandy Alexander Show, every Tuesday, 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. on WRSU-FM. Four on three transition. Euro step from Smeichel, and she gets it to go. Bay has to shoot it. Bay a long triple. Yes! Rutgers women's basketball is off to a thrilling start in their first season under new head coach Coquise Washington. Their season continues as they head into Big Ten play. WRSU is your home for all things Rutgers women's basketball, including live coverage of every game. It's all right here on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. Looking to grow a better garden, or if you just love local food, the NOFA New Jersey Winter Conference is designed for you. New Jersey's largest organic food event will convene Saturday, January 28th at the Douglas Student Center on George Street here in New Brunswick. Register online at www.nofanj.org or call 908-371-1111. Full and partial scholarships are available. 
And welcome back to the Wednesday crew here in WRS 88.7 FM. Gentlemen, it is wild card weekend. I cannot believe. Woo! There he is. No woo, no woo. I don't want to woo anything right now, okay? <laughs> you you all can right. talk all you want, Max. My team's listen, in the playoffs for the first time in six listen, years. Listen, I'm happy. All right. I just want to interject real quick and say this, all right? Good luck to the New York Giants. Yeah. There we go. From us salty Jets fans. They'll need all the luck they can get. I love Brian DeBall. DeBall's a great coach. Also, speaking of the Jets, uh, I, I, I've been I've been kind of looking at Twitter here and there during the show. Um, there was some, like I, like I said uh, earlier in the show, uh, Mike LaFleur is no longer the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Uh, usually, like Rappaport and Schefter said, they, they parted ways. Um, but some of the Jets beat writers, like Connor Hughes and Zach Rosenblatt, uh, they, they have a little bit of a different wording. They're saying the Jets are allowing Mike LaFleur to pursue other opportunities. Uh, and Rich Semini, the Jets reporter for ESPN, said, uh, teams have inquired about his availability in recent days, and the Jets have allowed him to pursue those opportunities. Uh, so I... I don't know. I don't, does that mean they'll maybe bring him back if those other opportunities don't come to fruition as like a position coach or something? Uh, look, bro. Don't the Jets have? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I think I'm what honest, it means. I don't know. Bill Belichick was this, was a head coach for the Jets for a day and yeah. has been resigned on a hotel napkin. So yeah. anything could happen with this franchise. They uh, share here, a building here, with your team. Here, <laughs> I've talked about that in the, in the, over the here, years. Here's Just, what I oh. here's what I think it means. And, and granted. I'm not. I am far from an expert on this subject. I, I, I'm knowledgeable, but I'm far from an expert. Here's what I believe it means, based on what Rappaport was saying, and based on the wording from the beat writers. They're allowing him to pursue other opportunities. Then it probably means they don't expect him to be back, and that even if those opportunities fall through, or he doesn't. He doesn't bite on any of them. That they'll be looking to bring somebody else in, probably, as the as their next offensive coordinator. They likely already have a plan in place. So it's it's more of I think it's more of a you know mutual parting of ways because it's it's convenient, right? You know, it's convenient. Other teams are inquiring about the man's services. He would like to. He would like to, you know, look into them. The Jets probably looking to find somebody else. You know, it's that I in my in that in my mind that's what it means. But there's always chance, you know, that somebody comes back. I mean, you mentioned the Patriots. I'll mention it. You know, Bill Belichick hop and ship to the Patriots. I'll mention a different one. Josh McDaniels was going to become the head coach in Indianapolis, mm. and backed out at the last minute. Yeah, so I guess Max, off the top of your head right now, after knowing this news, who who would you want to be the Jets' offensive coordinator in twenty twenty three? I have zero clue. Ever since this season ended, I just gave up on everything. So <laughs> we'll just see what happens at this point. Um, well, spoken I, like a true Jets fan. Yeah, but listen, listen. I I I do want to say this though, because no matter what offensive coordinator we get, our squad is still they have so much potential. We have a young. Mm-hmm great-minded team all right i'm a huge fan of robert sala but i think and i had this conversation with my brother there's a possibility that if we do not make the playoffs next year the jets are going to start looking for new options as a head for a head coaching position so this needs to like happen now like next season i'm predicting personally 10 and 7 11 and 6 because i looked at the record i feel like it's very very possible it's not Okay, it might sound a little delusional, but in my head, it's actually possible. I looked at the schedule. I believe it. I think we could beat the Bills once, and I think we could beat the Patriots once, even though the Patriots have had our numbers since 2015. Max, Max, we're all jumping at the bit. (laughs) Max, you say you you know it sounds crazy. People were calling me crazy for saying the Giants were going to win as much as six or seven games this year. They made the playoffs, so... Don't let your dreams be dreamed, Max. I was gonna say the same thing, man. Like I was talking to my roommate, like before the football season starts, and I was like, last year, not this season, the past season, uh, uh, when they won four games, I'm like, this, uh, the year with, um, I'm like, this is the year I want five, I want five wins. That's my goal. And when they had that fifth win against the Buccaneers, and they blew it. And when this year, I was like, you know what? I want six wins because they owe me for that win last year that they blew. And when they won seven games, so like no, and and they played meaningful football in week sixteen. They did. And you can't like. If you told a Jets fan, if you told Jets fans like week one, you're gonna play, you're gonna play meaningful football. You're, you're playing meaningful football in January. Exactly. I would have. I mean, who's not gonna you know jump all over you? Because they they played meaningful football in the last week of the season. It wasn't meaningful for them, but it was meaningful for the team they were playing against. Exactly. And 
you know that 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 means a lot in the NFL to have to just miss out on a playoff but still be playing a game that means something to your opponent in the last week of the season. Right now, now Max, with your uh, projection of going uh, ten and six or, or ten and seven, excuse me, or eleven and six or nine and eight or whatever, uh, do you project do, are in in in, the, in that predi- in that prediction? Excuse me, are you saying that the quarterback for that team is on the roster right now, or are you expecting an outside move? Oh, we're definitely going to look for a different position or a different quarterback because here's how I look at it. Um, from what I've been noticing and listening to, because obviously like, I pay attention to this type of stuff during the season, they want to try and develop Zach Wilson as much as possible. But I just see it as another Sam Darnold situation. Agreed. I don't see us keeping Zach Wilson after the season because I don't think there's much development left to see. And on top of that, him with him involved with the press, we already know how he feels. He's a he's he's a selfish quarterback. A he's bum. a selfish player as as it is. So, like I, I I think we should really start looking right now. And from what I've heard, the Jets are looking. The Jets are considering other quarterbacks. I had mentioned Lamar Jackson. The likelihood of that happening is quite low. But there's an, another possibility in Derek Carr too. Now, now I'm not sure. How I, I, exactly I have a question. Feel, but it's just I'm. I still I think we need to move on. I have a question in that regard. Do you think Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, is a possibility given Robert Sala's connection to the San Francisco 49ers organization? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he used to be their defensive coordinator. Do you think yeah. his relationship with Garoppolo could potentially play a role in him coming to New York? I think it can, and that was already a thought before we even considered looking for a new quarterback. Like before, like even during this, when the season first started, because no one really thought Zach Wilson would be much um, in Week One. So I wouldn't really be surprised about Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of Jets fans, like I, because I have a lot of friends who are Jets fans as well, wouldn't be opposed to having Jimmy Garoppolo come along. Um, my thing is, I, I don't, I personally am, don't know. I need to see like. I need to see it happen, and I need to see like production, because I mean it's certainly it, it an upgrade from Zach Wilson. You oh, can't absolutely. deny that. I'm an upgrade from absolutely. Zach Wilson. <laughs> I could listen. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Zach Wilson made this one absurd throw that yeah. I have made in the, a 15 yard <laughs> out route throw that I have made. So it's even in oh my gosh, even in Madden, I I got a pick six off of him in face of the franchise. I got to pick six off of him. So that just says a lot. Sorry, that's that's a mini rant. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I definitely can see Jimmy Garoppolo as a as a huge uh, possibility to join New York. It's just I, we got to see because just like any other sport, anything can happen. We can sign anyone. It just has to happen. It's all about what the front office feels. It's not really about the fans. At the end of the day, it's a business. That's that's very fair. Um, I'm <sighs> – I don't know, because Garoppolo definitely has the has the, the the veteran experience, but I think he's too old. He's like thirty one, right? Let me see. Yeah, he's thirty one. I don't know. I think there's better avenues to take. I agree with you. I I think the Jets are gonna stick with Wilson. They want to try to develop him, and I do agree that he. I don't think there's much to be developed. Like I think he is what he. I think he is what he. I mean, I don't want him. I, I, I give it to him. I, I don't I don't know how much more you can do with Jamarcus Wilson, to be honest. <laughs> that's Good a, one. That's a nickname. Good one. I I mean listen 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 I saw Jamarcus Russell play in person I I told this story before I saw him play in person Zach Wilson's that bad man like he really is <laughs> he does not have that dog in him no yeah. no dog <laughs> the X-ray came in where'd the dog go who's never there in the first place <laughs> never there in the first place yeah uh, I I mean it seems like Derek Carr is going to be available in the off season so maybe they go that route because it's not like he was uh, he was it's not like he was terrible he wasn't Derek Carr was not great for the for the Raiders this year especially considering the weapons that he has on offense um and but, considering the absolute hack of a head coach that he uh, yeah exactly I was gonna say that too um but also like the season that Derek Carr had this year would probably be one of the jet, best jet quarterback seasons in at least six years that yeah since probably probably, probably since Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick yeah in 2015 yeah so De- I think de- definitely, definitely one of the best since uh, the Chad Pennington days. Yeah, I, th- I think they got to consider that route too. Either either Jimmy Garoppolo, um, or Derek Carr, and maybe even in a pipe dream Lamar Jackson. But I hey, if you have a chance, you got to shoot for the moon. Yeah, I just can't conceive that they'll let Lamar Jackson leave the Ravens. I'm, I, I'm referring to no, I don't no, think no especially especially no. not after this slide they've been on. Yeah, I him. I just th- there's no way you can let him leave. I mean, look at how. Terrible they've been exactly. without him in the offense. Exactly. And speaking of which, I think it's time to move on for teams that are actually playing in the playoffs. Let's start with those Ravens. 
Probably not going to have Lamar Jackson this week. Yeah, it's going to be Same. tough. Who are the Ravens playing? They're I playing was, the Bengals. I was, I was Ooh, kind of joking oh. while watching the games on Sunday. You know, the Bengals, Ravens playing a game. And at the end of the game, being like, same time next week? Well, the answer is no, not same time next week because they're playing in prime time, not in the 1 p.m. slot. Doesn't really matter. It's going to be the same result, especially if Anthony Brown is that quarterback. You think, I mean, the Bengals were not happy about the chance of a coin flip deciding where they would play this weekend. So they took matters in their own hands. They won. And you know they're chopping at the bit to get them again two weeks in a row. That rarely happens in the NFL. But where a team, where two teams play each other two weeks in a row, um, I mean it kind of it kind of happened this season with Washington and the Giants because technically, the Commanders played the Giants two weeks in a row. They had the bye week in the middle, but you know that that that's a little little bogus to be honest because the Giants played a game. But regardless, um, you know I think we're going to see about the same result. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I am excited to see the, the Bengals back in action in the postseason. I was really worried for them and their fans at the start of the season when they went on to Joe Burrow is not looking cold at all. Uh, now he's looking like he's got this, the ice in his veins again, got that dog in him, as John would say. And, uh, you know, the, the Bengals could be making a run to the AFC Championship again this year. I, I personally think we could have a rematch in the AFC Championship this year between the Chiefs and Bengals. I don't know about you guys. That's probably the safe um, pick because football is absolutely the hardest to predict. Uh, my original Super Bowl prediction, which is probably not going to come true, was the Bills-Vikings. Um, I it, Hey, here's what I'm saying. If the Giants don't make the Super Bowl, I want Bills-Vikings Super Bowl. Because, <laughs> like, just the storyline with the DeMar Hamill thing, and I love the Bills. Like, how can you not, like... Even though they're, you know, I saw that the uh, the um, the divisional game last year with the Bills and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. that was insane. I I also love Bills Vikings as a Super Bowl because these are the these two teams are both zero and four in the Super Bowl. No team has ever gone zero and five in the Super Bowl without winning the big game. You know, no no team has ever won, played in five Super Bowls without winning. They both have played in four without winning. So I didn't know the Vikings were only four as well. No, they they are. That well, that was way back in the day. Back yeah, the it wasn't all in a row. Back in the Fran Tarkenton days. Can you yeah. imagine? Can it you was even... practically all in a row though. Well, like, they yeah. were, it was really close. Yeah, it was. Really it was in the together. same era. I know everyone like. And before I throw it to Alec for his prediction, I I mean I know everyone likes to like point out. Oh yeah, Bills lost four in a row. But can you imagine if you, like Jake? Oh, what, what's your team, Alec? Seahawks. You're a Seahawks? What? Yeah, yeah. Why are you a Seahawks I, I, fan? I feel like we've had this conversation. We definitely time. have. I have the memory of a goldfish. Remind I, us uh, why you're a Seahawks fan. So, so my dad's brother used to live uh, out in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful Seattle. Little wet. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so whenever he would, uh, whenever my dad would go out to visit, he would always bring me back like Seahawks, like hats and shirts and all that. So That's I was cool. like, oh, this team seems cool. And little eight-year-old me was like. Yeah, I like the colors. It's like blue and green. This is I cool. Al- I always thought that their colors were really cool. Yeah. yeah. And they're bringing back the throwback jerseys next year. I, oh, they I, are? I love those throwback oh, jerseys. Oh, yes. Like yeah. the 80s ones, right? Yes. 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 Like, the, like cool. the blue and gray ones. Yeah. Steve Largent days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a fun time. But yeah, I mean, it'll be a, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting weekend. Can you imagine if your team goes to the Super Bowl and loses? Like, oh, man, that's hard. Because... To go that far and lose sucks. And then the next year, oh, we're back at the Super Bowl. Wow, we lost two in a row. This is absolutely There's insane. There's no way it can happen again. The third time. Third time's a charm. They lost for the third one. There's no There's way no it can way. happen again. This is, this is lo- it happened again. Yeah. Can you even imagine? I, I would have to like be re- like rehabilitated. Like, like, I, like, yeah. like Alec, I know you and I oh. can imagine it. Because, well, I mean, even though I was like months old when the Giants lost that Super Bowl to the Ravens. I mean, my family's told me all about it. Uh, you know, Getting they, absolutely they, they, they hated watching that game. I know you were obviously, I I mean, you watched one of the greatest football games ever played in Super Bowl Forty Nine, which I somehow didn't watch. I don't know how. Um, <laughs> but, I'm shaking my head at the mentions of Super Bowl Forty Nine. So you know, I mean, we we we're both sitting here, and we can you know we can like kind of you know understand losing one Super Bowl. Yeah, like, losing four, especially Lo- especially the I mean for the Seahawks that was the year after they won their first Super Bowl. So it. It has mm. to sting a little less, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, you you have the ring. The, the fact that exactly. they haven't really made it close uh, back to another Super Bowl kind of hurts, but the fact that they made two in a row, including winning one of them, it's, I mean, I'll take that. 
And the, yeah. that, that win was a dominant win. It's, yeah. not, it's not like it was a close, fluky win. Like, yeah. he won from the first second of, of the game. So Literally like, the first second of the game. When you know, the once snap that snap went over Peyton, Peyton Manning's Manning. head, the yeah. game was over. The Seahawks won the game. I remember watching that game. I was rooting for Peyton Manning, obviously. Cause yeah. the, the whole thing was Eli won in Peyton's house. Now Peyton's going to win in Eli's house. And just watching it, the Broncos' offense just slowly die over the course of the game. You know, I'll never forget it, but... But it was like, you know, I mean, you're like, that was a dominant victory. No no doubt about it. Um, yeah. Unless you're a dumb question. Where is the Super Bowl this year? The Super Bowl this year is is in the same place it was 15 years ago. It's in or is it Glendale, Arizona? Glendale, Arizona. And, yeah, also, by the way, the same place where it was for that ill-fated Super Bowl 49. I, I like to think more about the one where the Patriots did not win. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, where my team actually yeah. won. State Farm Stadium is considered a house of horrors for Seahawks fans. And Patriots fans. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. With fluky catches abound. Well, I mean, at least the at least the Patriots won a Super Bowl in that stadium. Wow. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's always Randy Moss did not, and, though. Randy Moss. Yeah, there's always injuries. Like, Cam Chancellor broke his leg there. Richard Sherman tore his Achilles there. Super Bowl 49 happened there. It seems like every single uh, that, time... That 6-6 six, six tie. Yeah, that 6-6 six, six tie happened yeah, that there. I had the unfortunate on a Sunday honor night. of watching on yeah. Sunday Night Ew. Football, Chandler, hoping hoping to watch one team win. And oh. yeah. <laughs> Chandler Catanzaro and that's Stephen still, Hauschka. That's still one of the worst football games I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, Chandler Catanzaro and Stephen Hauschka both, myth, both missed like field goals that were like closer than like 30 yards or something. Like, okay... Chandler Catanzaro had a 26-yard field goal, and it hit the upright on a play where Bobby Wagner probably should have been flagged. Oh, you yeah, know, he, like, completely he jumped over the He should have been flagged for trying to jump over and missing. I think that was Back when that was legal. That Back when yeah. that was legal. Yeah. Today but you still, couldn't, you still couldn't hit the snapper. Yeah. And he totally did. Oh, yeah. Should have been flagged. Did. Yeah. Didn't matter. The ball hit the upright. And then the Seahawks marched right down the field. This was a defensive contest the whole game. They marched right down the field like it's nothing. Steven Hauschka lines up for, like, what, 24-yard kick? Completely misses the net. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't Forget about missing the post. He missed the net behind it. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. Is yeah. that the uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, building? Yeah. yeah. That is the Arizona Cardinals building. Oh, so that, it's the first year for a few years that, that the, where someone can't win the Super Bowl in their own house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I knew before the season started that, uh, that it, the home I team would not know. be winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Well, yeah, now, now the, Arizona, I knew the Cardinals were not going. Now they're looking for a new coach and a new GM, and some of the rumors are saying Sean Payton could be drawn to that job because, you know, Kyler Murray, when he returns from that torn ACL, he's a dynamic quarterback. And even if they trade DeAndre Hopkins, which seems more and more likely uh, in the offseason, that's a, that's an attractive job. I've, I've heard grumblings that uh, old Giants, former Giants GM, I don't know. What, I, I I don't know. If, I don't know if that's going over the air. But we're hearing a Windows notification sound here in the studio. Yeah, I don't I know if that's well. going over the air. But if it is, I apologize. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> um, there are grumblings that former Giants GM Jerry Reese, aka the ruiner of the franchise, uh, you know, is is potentially in line to become the Cardinals' next general manager, which would be interesting. Hmm. I saw Art Stapleton, uh, one of the Giants beat writers, tweet. Um, it would be something if Jerry Reese traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Giants for a day three pick. <laughs> it's an inside job. Uh, you totally would be an inside job. It'd be the best thing he did for the franchise since drafting a Mod Bradshaw, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and looks that, like... gentlemen, we're going to close out hour one. We will, after the quick minute break, we're going to reopen hour two with actual NFL playoff <laughs> talk because we kind of we, the we were starting around some playoff teams. Yeah. We'll be back in just a few moments. Listen to the Wednesday crew here on WRSU 88.7 FM or WRSU.org. <laughs> Kicks out now, McConnell, right wing, triple, money! Now Miller at the three-point line, feeds inside.